it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in and all the details of that galaxy far, far away. We're going to talk about people and, well, mostly people this episode. Um, my name is Mac, I am one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by my night brother, Ross. Mac, it is great to be back with you in person, to see you in real life here together to talk yes. about some Star Wars. Let's let's get this out of the way. Small programming note, if you're looking at the feed and you're like, 92, 94, something's missing here. 93 is a week we missed. I left a little thing in the feed for those who were around for it. Uh, I may or may not delete it in the morning. I'm not sure. Uh, but just to let you know, we, we, we did miss a week. We apologize for that. But we are bringing the rest of our May series of talking about yes. loosely and openly about topics to a very unique person in Star Wars. Yes, we are. This week we are talking about the mother of the Night Sisters, Mother Talzin, mm. the spooky uh, witch-like being who is sort of a dark side user, but not a Sith, um, not a Jedi, a unique character in Star Wars. The oddly enough, probably the head of state of Dathomir. <laughs> yeah, the, no, I mean, the chancellor, about... the chancellor of Dathomir. Yeah, the, the, the chancellor, the of supreme Dathomir. chancellor. No, no, of no, Dathomir. no. Their official title is Mother. Mother is the <laughs> is the top slot. Capital M. Yeah, maybe Supreme Mother or supreme or, or Over Mother, <laughs> Grandmother. No, that doesn't work. Grand General like and supreme, Admiral work, but not Mother. Mother is really good. I like that. But um, she's a very interesting character. Uh, exclusive, yeah, exclusively to Clone Wars. Yeah, she shows up in like the Darth Maul comic and stuff. Uh, so she does show up a little bit in a few places, but in general, I mean, the the Clone Wars is where she signs. That's where she first shows up, and really where. A lot of her characterization comes in is the, is the Clone Wars. You know, basically she has some influence over Maul as his story goes on in the Maul comics. But in mm-hmm. general, that's not really what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about her main story in the Clone Wars, which is essentially fighting against Dooku. All right, so get ready. We're going to talk about magics and Night Sisters <laughs> and can you make metal out of magics in just a minute as we get started right after this. Growing up, watching the original trilogy, yeah, we knew that there was the light side, right, and the dark side. Good guys, bad guys. You don't yeah. want to be on that dark side. That's bad. No, no, it's it's tempting and awful. But as far as we knew, that was it, right? You were either the good guys or you were the bad guys. You were the light side or you were the dark side. Yeah. But it wasn't until some Star Wars novels started coming around. It wasn't until, um, I think one could even argue, the Ewoks movies that we got to see the Force used Hmm. by other creatures, by other characters that were not Jedi or, at the time, the villains. You know, Sith, we didn't really know that much yet, uh, at least for most of that. But basically, we only knew, okay, here are these Force users, and these are it. These are the people you can control the Force, and if you're them, you're one of these good or bad guys. But later on... Now we have all different species that connect to force the force in different ways. Everything from 
metachlorians, right, influencing the force inside of us and connecting us to the force. We've got different species that can see the future through the force. We've got different species in Clone Wars that are connected to the force in different ways. And we've even seen humans with lighter connections like the Guardians of the Willows and stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely. So as Star Wars gets bigger and expands, there's more room for different kinds of force connections. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we're going to be exploring today is how the force connects with a particular user, or as in this case, as I would describe it, a manipulator of the force, Mother Talzin. Right. So, Mother Talzin is a character who was introduced in the Clone Wars. That was where we first met her. And if you have never heard this name before, or if it's been a while since you've lost watched the Clone Wars, Mother Talzin is the matriarch of the Night Sisters of Dathomir. She's essentially in charge or in control of this selection of Force users who control the Force through... Um, well, they refer to it as different things. They refer to it as magics at mm-hmm. one point. They refer to it as like ancient rituals that, you know, they have different spiritual connections they use. But essentially, it all comes back to a different way to control and manipulate the Force. Now, we've never really talked about Dathomir or the Night Sisters or any part of this really before. Mm-hmm. But we're going to focus in today on the leader of this group, Mother Talzin. And some of her story in the Clone Wars. So some spoilers ahead, just once again, yeah. for the Clone Wars. Because I think all the preamble we need for the Night Sisters is, like you said with the Ewok movie, just to have that hanging thread. Like, we see a user of the Force who uses magic. It looks like a witch sorceress magic. Yeah. And the novels pick that up and built an entire culture about them. And in Clone Wars, we brought them into the current kind of view of canon by creating their society, their civilization, and at the head is the leader of the coven on Dathomir, which yes. is Mother Talzin. Yes, and she's this really striking character, dressed in mostly red with some black, and um, she looks like she's wearing face paint all the time, even though it's sort of her natural face. She almost has this sort of sunken, skull-like look to the coloration of her skin. And Oh, yeah. She's you know, got a wicked... She's very got foreboding. A yeah, yeah. She she has a style that she has found that works for her, and she's stuck it with it, you know? Um, right away, you see this character, you hear her speak, and you know that she's going to be an imposing character. You just don't mm-hmm. know how. But as her story unfolds, we see her do lots and lots of different things with the Force. Mm-hmm. We see her primarily be a neutral party, you know, someone that is not really fighting in league with the villains or the heroes, the light side or the dark. But we do see her at some points work with the dark side of the force, you know? So if she is connected to one side more than the other, I think we would have to say it's the dark side. Yeah. Cause most of the powers we see have, again, these trappings of witchcraft from our own yes. world with like the, you know, almost all their effects appear as this like green bale fire that they summon out of nothing. Um, some of the uh, more rank and file night sisters are summoning these like phantasmal arrows to shoot from their bows and stuff like that. It, it's yes, absolutely. it's, it's a very Halloween planet over there on Dathomir. I like that. I like that Halloween planet. I think that's a good way to describe it uh, because there are other times we've seen Dathomir and in other uh, places of canon. <laughs> and one day I'm sure we'll get to talk about it in depth, but um, it is a spooky place without a, a better way to say it. Right. 
Yeah, and this again is recontextualizing the Night Sisters to sort of, oddly enough, it's one of those like logic working backwards. They decided to make um, Asajj Ventress in the 3D animated Clone Wars, where she had originally appeared in the Jedi Karkovsky as a sister of a Night Sister of Dathomir. Yes, which retroactively made all the Night Sisters of Dathomir have her like chalk white skin and sort of just you know thin frame and stuff like that and then that just keeps rolling backwards as they wrap them all in red they have this cultist almost uh almost ninja look to yeah, some of very, them very ninja very um sleek and uh quiet and stealthy i mean is there really a better way to describe it than that yeah the, the these subtle warriors mm-hmm. i mean one of the coolest things they do is infiltrate dooku's palace oh um, yeah and even though that's not mother Talzin, i'm sure it's gonna come up well, so it's, it's her it's her fault it's yes it is her fault all right so let's talk about her as a character because the first time we see her on tv you know in animation is the episode night sisters of the clone wars right makes sense so to give the idea here Ventress has been betrayed by Count Dooku. She -hmm. is no longer his apprentice because Sidious basically came to Tyrannus and said, Hey, if you keep this girl around, I might think you're trying to overthrow me by having an apprentice of your own, Lord Tyrannus. So you need to go ahead and kill her. Yeah, it was cute when they were just their assassins. But I see them running around with not one, but two lightsabers. No, 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 no. Yeah, it can't be. (laughs) You got to keep that in the club. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, Dooku basically follows his master's orders and eliminates Ventress, basically leaves her behind on the battlefield. And as she does escape, and she makes her way back to her home planet, where she was originally from before she was trained by the Jedi and before that sold into slavery. So, she had a a long journey to get back to her home planet of Dathomir. When she finally arrives home after almost having died in the Clone Wars, she basically collapses in Mother Talzin's arms. And this is the first time we meet her as a character. This person basically is coming on screen saying, yes, this is Ventress. Yes, she is one of us. We will help her. That is our first time meeting this person. She's accepting this person who we've only known as a villain, as a dark side user, into her, for lack of a better term, home. And we are we are on a planet that's covered in, like, rust and blood colors. <laughs> it is seemingly devoid of yeah. life. And we're draw- drawn into sort of their sanctum where we have these glowing green pools to go off the red. And I think the first thing you feel about Mother Talzin is just like, um... She seems too nice. <laughs> like, she's really, like, you know, uh, welcomes Ventress back and says, like, yes, you, you should have come home. This is great. We're so glad to have you. And it's like, yeah. why? Why are you? <laughs> she doesn't seem like a trustworthy person, but she never does anything to Ventress specifically, which no. is how we're seeing this character at this moment through Ventress. Um, she never does anything to, you know not earn the trust of the character or the audience. Well, I think the thing that what I'm trying to say is like the setting is very like dark side and we have a character who's being very motherly for lack of a better term, like very like, you know, uh, Oh, Ventress, you went into college and your college years were wild, but you've come home. (laughs) Come on. We got a bed for you around here somewhere. (laughs) Um, and you know, kind of the first thing we see that just shows some of her power is, this sort of initiation back into the Night Sisters, where Ventress is sort of made a member of the Coven, and it's 
culty and creepy. <laughs> it is. There's no other better way to describe it. And all of this is really just telling us that Mother Towson is loyal to her family, right? This family is a tight-knit yes. group that works together. They all believe in each other. They all, I mean, immediately Ventress is essentially made their leader. Yes. Like basically right away, you know, we will help Ventress. She is one of us. We will allow her to stay here and be part of this family, and we will help her seek revenge on Count Dooku. I mean, to go after the Count of Sereno, a Dark Lord of the Sith, which they know that he is, like, to just go after him so boldly is a big move. And I think it really shows how powerful Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters believe that they are. Well, I think it also shows sort of the revenge in their heart. Because uh, chronologically, we don't learn this a little bit later, but like basically, this is the second time like these dark siders have like basically said Dathomir's trash because Maul was a knight brother and was given out of their their little ecosystem to uh, serve as a apprentice to uh, Sidious, and Maul's super dead. <laughs> And yeah. now here's the second one who's joined this group of Sith Lords, and uh, they just got rejected. So at this point, it's just starting to become this like kind of personal thing of, like, we'll show them how powerful we are. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's a really good way to look at it. You know, um, uh, Talzin doesn't like Dooku coming to her, you know, um, basically bossing her around, right? Trying right. to tell her how it will be on her own planet. And so she uses this opportunity to sort of set a trap, knowing Dooku is without an assistant. She's the one who orchestrates the whole thing. She contacts him and goes, well, I heard through the grapevine that you're without an assassin. If you'd like one of those, I might be able to whip one up for you again. I'm just saying your boss had Maul. That worked out pretty well. I could probably get you like another, like maybe a new and updated Maul version over mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. And so thus begins the... Um, it's this weird, like, double dealing, because because yeah. once Ventures back, like, we will get revenge, and that revenge will invite Dooku here to give him a new apprentice. Wait, how does... What? <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, we have to meet who will this new apprentice be, and this is the chance where the Clone Wars can really, really show us something uh, interesting, and we get a brand new character, someone we've never met before, to be Dooku's new apprentice. And we meet someone who is, uh, for lack of a better term, a brother, quote-unquote, of Maul. Yeah, it's tough to tell if it's, like, directly connection brother or if it's yeah. just, the like, the coven. It's like, we're brothers. It, All the Knight brothers are it, brothers. It felt to me more like that, not a direct, you know, blood relation. Mm -hmm. Because it seemed like his direct blood brother was the person there in the arena with him, right? Yeah, because we should say, Mother Talzin is like, yes, this will work out. Now, Ventress, you go pick out one of the boys who will come and serve him. Yes. And uh, we'll, we'll give him uh, some edge. Now, just go do that. Oh, by the way, when you do that, um, you don't have to be a brutal monster, but if you want to, go for it. <laughs> and so she does. She rides into town. She yep. finds the elder of the Knight Brother, and they're like, oh, look, a Knight Sister. It is so honored to get here. Like, get a lineup together. I'm going to inspect these guys. Oh, well, I guess it's mating season. No, no, not for that. I want them to kill each other. Oh, <laughs> that makes more sense. Doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, and he gets a lineup of all these guys yes. and the strongest warriors, and she picks a handful of them and then starts 
having them go through trials to kill each other. Yes, and throughout the trials, only one warrior and his brother seem to be up to the task, that warrior being Savage. And at the end of the trials, Ventress basically selects Savage and takes him back to Mother Towson, where she has her next big part of this. She makes him into an enchanted monster. I don't have any other better way to say it well, than the, that. I guess the best way to put it is, like, Savage is a strong, capable person. Mm-hmm. But he gains about two feet and about, like, one foot off each shoulder in width. Yeah, like 50 pounds of muscle. Like, he just... And and his horns get sharper and longer. Like, it, for those of the correct age, he's not Shredder anymore. He's Super Shredder. <laughs> but it's not just his body that changes. They also make adjustments to his mind. They yeah. force him to murder his own, what we would describe well, once again as literal brother. Oh, that's the best part. Is like, the yeah. one brother he was protecting to, like, make sure that, you know, like, I want to survive, but I want my brother to survive, too. I hate this pitting us against each mm-hmm. other crap. And this one guy, like, shouldn't even be part of this trials because he's a good soul and he shouldn't have to fight. Like, the second he's transformed after this incredible, like, you know, uh, witch magic, yeah. he, he like, ceremony. he's, like, brought over and Savage's like, I'll just kill him, snap neck. Yeah. Like, like just to prove, oh, yeah, no, he's a magical monster now. Mm-hmm. Any any redeeming qualities we're showing you? Yeah, we just got rid of those. That's, that's exactly right. Right away, this character changes into something new and completely different, and... Basically, they uh, put a little spell on him or a, a brainwash, you know, a mind technique, whatever you want to call it, to make it so that he is not aware he is working for Ventress and Talzin and he is actually answering to them. So he is sent off to work with Dooku and infiltrate from within. Yeah, he's like a sleeper agent, essentially. Absolutely. So at this point, in just a few episodes, we've seen Mother Talzin. Um, essentially, we we recognize her as a character now. We see that she is the boss or the leader or the surrogate mother of all of these people, the leader of this clan. She is a close ally of Ventress, a character we've gotten to know well. She is aware of Maul and the history of the Sith. And now she's providing this new Sith apprentice to a very powerful Sith Lord. Yeah. And so she's got her hands in a lot of different things, even though we've just met her. It's not hard to see this, especially with the kind of flanges that are on the back of the Night Sisters costumes and stuff. But like, Talzin is not even remotely hidden to be a spider-like creature. She's at the, she's we find her at the center of many webs already. That yeah. she has been involved with the like she's one of the only people we have seen on screen other than like Masamita who has probably met Darth Sidious. Yeah, like process that for a second at some point she gave maul to him right and so it's like yeah dooku when you're talking about that boogeyman that you serve like i know who he is yeah (laughs) um maybe not that he's the supreme chancellor but like i know who sidious i know that i should be afraid of him right and she's got all of these you know these nested plans because even the second that episodes are going is like there is this sort of underpinning. I don't think she expresses it directly, but like, oh, Ventress, you're back. I didn't plan on this. You know, like there's a certain level of like, oh, you're back. And I know how you fit into my story. I know, see already what you're going to do for us. Right. Um, and she's just weaving all of these different plans. And this is the most bold is she's like, this will be easy. You, you and your sister will infiltrate after Savage secures his like place. You say, you know, uh, 
lolly lolly low to uh, uh, Savage. He flips a switch, becomes comes back from the sleeper agent. You two fight and kill Dooku, and um, yada yada, we win. Should work out perfectly. Right? I still don't know where the end game of that is. Like, yes, you're Avenger on Dooku, great. And then what? Well, they're doesn't not this about... always end where it ends? <laughs> they're not worried about winning the war. You see, they don't need to find Dooku and Grievous. They just need Dooku, so it's fine. Okay, it's fine. I can see, okay. They I see don't need that. to do it politically. They just need to get it done. Fair, fair. I can see that. Um. So anyway, that is sort of the beginning of Mother Talzin's journey. Now, I would argue her next big event, right, mm-hmm. is after so Ventress and and Savage they fail, and Savage comes back to Mother Talzin. Yes, because once he's become once the sleeper agent fl- switch is flipped, you know he yeah. is loyal to the night sisters at yes, this point and he's his own individual agent too he can think and process on his own at this point he's his own character now not a puppet of someone else right but still not back to the nice good boy he started out that's as. true unfortunately he'll never get back there no. but he goes to see mother talzin and he finds that he still has a brother Right, and this is where I say it gets murky of like, well, maybe yeah. they do have a deeper connection because Mother Talzman, like, you have a brother, and you think Savage would go like, yeah, there's a whole colony of them on the one other moon. Duh. Yeah. It's very odd. Um, I mean, at this point, Savage also wants revenge on Dooku. Everybody wants revenge on Dooku. Nobody likes Dooku. And so basically, this is how Talzman tells him well, it will be possible. If you find it, your powerful brother, you two together can have revenge. And the other thing about this is they also now share that Savage has had dark side training. He taps into the yes. dark side of the force and his brother Maul does that same trick. They both have now been quote unquote apprentices. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. And so Savage goes off on that quest. He does, but Dooku is not done with the night sisters because they tried to kill him and he doesn't forget. That's three bad products they have sold to the Sith. <laughs> So, Dooku sends Grievous and mm-hmm. the entire droid army to Dathomir to wipe out the Night Sisters. Which you gotta think that the people over in, like, the clone uh, intelligence network is just going, like, how many forces are they committing to that backwater? Why? <laughs> like, because it has nothing to do with the war effort. No it strategic is, value. It is totally just Dooku going, like, wipe them out. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're not wrong. That is basically what happens because after a valiant effort uh, and raising some Night Sisters from the dead, another thing we see that uh, witches of Dathomir can do. And, and that's the other thing we see here is Towson is the leader. We also find that she is maybe not the most literally powerful and she's certainly not the oldest because we find another one who has the ability to summon the, the dead sisters yeah, out there. Not the oldest, but certainly still in charge it felt like again it's the difference between being the leader and being the elder right right uh, right right and summons all these and it's a really good arc of like it is the night sisters put up a really good fight but in the end magic doesn't work that great against you know robots so yeah. if you get enough robots you could overcome magic Enough robots can overcome anything if we haven't learned anything this year. And it's a defining episode for Grievous because this is Grievous, to be blunt, at his most competent in the show. Like, he gets the job done and is about as smoothly as you can expect with the situation. Um, And it's also Star Wars showing a straight up genocide. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because pretty much the entire clan is wiped out. Ventress is able to survive and escape. 
and Mother Talzin essentially turns into mist. I don't know if she becomes one with the cosmic force or if it's a Jedi ghost thing, but like she, she is definitely at a place where there is events that you can justify her corporeal body dies in the various explosions and destructions, but we never see her die on screen. And from all subsequent appearances, she's in a spirit form or a disembodied voice. It's very, yeah, it's very, very interesting because, well, we'll talk about it in a second, but this is the primary end of the night sisters. Basically everything that happens with Dathomir from this point on is either happening on essentially an empty planet, an abandoned planet or a planet with, you know, one or two remaining night sisters on it in the future. Well, the best way to sum it up is at the end of these episodes, the only night sister confirmed alive is Ventress. Yes. Um, Fallen order will confirm a second one night sister Marin. Right. But that is while plausible within what happens, especially she's like, six yeah so it's easy to understand she could hide from the droid forces because it's not like she was thrown out on the front line right right, right, um, right, right right but at the same time yeah we don't know all the details of how she survived i think for lack of a better term because i guess technically this is the second genocide we see in star wars it's a purge yeah yeah um they they purge that planet of night sisters yeah. though to thankfully don't go to the night brothers very good for the enemy designers in uh Fallen Order because they had something to work with. <laughs> they did. They did. Uh, um, but Mother Talzin is is the primary influence as the spirit form of compelling Ventress to go off. So her influence is still felt through Ventress's continued quest to figure out what she's going to do yeah. to continue her, her campaign of revenge on Dooku. Yeah. And the other plan that Talzin set into motion of um, uh, Savage. Savage. Yeah is going on and this is where it gets really confusing because Savage brings Maul's body back after this yes and there's apparently Mother Talzin's around enough to be there yeah I guess well okay it's confusing it's not really right I mean it's confusing in the sense that we don't know exactly what's happening. Where's that novel? Where's that but comic book? <laughs> pretty much from... So after this, after the genocide of the Night Sisters, right? Yeah. Mother Towson becomes this being where she essentially apparates into smoke, right? She becomes right. this this billowing smoke and she sort of disperses. And she can reform into a solid body, walk on ground, you know, interact with the environment, and then disperse again. And the EU more than legends but it happens in legend this is how we've also seen dark siders when they re-manifest yeah. is more of these shades yeah um so if that's what happens right in this first episode right she goes to ventress after the night sisters are wiped out and said you've survived the night sisters will not end here today go off and you know carry on right survive right. And then the next time we see Talzin is when savage brings maul crazy and damaged back to dathomir right Mother Talzin once again appears from a mist. Right. So it is basically established that she is trapped in this mist form. But my take on it is, so in this episode, we see another one of her powers for the first time. Mm-hmm. Right. The power to essentially revive and heal Maul. She lays him on a table. They do this big ritual. 
and all of his robotic leg components come off. She is like magically, there's a montage of her pulling pieces out of the legs and forming these new legs for him. And basically she uses what seems like to me the remaining power that she has, the remaining right. connection to the living force to essentially create Maul, to it in a way bring him back to life. She resurrects him. It's definitely a draining experience. She is channeling life force into him yes. to not only repair his mind, but like you said, also repair his body, Yes, which I... Which is fine, but there's just always a weird part of, like, using voodoo magic, we can repair his mind, heal his body, and engineer some cool robot legs. Enhance his spider legs to be more It's just one of those weird things of, like, you know, the robot legs doesn't seem under the witch sorcery powers, but, I mean, whatever. It looks great. Um, Yes. But, uh, it's especially weird because eventually he has to, like, work on his legs later in the show, and I'm just like... Yeah, he literally, like, can't walk at first. I'm just like, did Talzin give him, like, a blueprint? Like, oh, there's some capacitors and then you have to replace every couple of years. Make sure you know about that. Like, Make sure you know about the shocks. It's definitely just, like, Metal legs are cool, so yeah. that's what he's going to have. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fine. It looks good. Rule he won't cool. have these legs very long because these are almost like arched gazelle legs. Like, they're big. He's taller. They have, like, clawed feet. And he, they almost, have, got like, these, like, reverse bent knees. They're almost like an interpretation of the legs that appeared in Dark Horse Comics. Tales of a what-if story if Maul came back with yeah. a robotic lower half. It's almost... Like, that is where all of this comes from. It's weird, isn't it, how that works strange, out? Strange, beyond. Very strange. You'd think that having gazelle legs would be harder to get used to, but, I mean, I guess if you have spider legs, you're you're, you're stepping up. That's it's a, It is an improvement. I'm being very snarky. I mean, like, it's cool, but it, it's very much like I've always felt The Return of Darth Maul reads like fan fiction. High-quality fan fiction, but fan fiction. Yeah. And it's not until, like, Rebels I go, no, you know what? It's totally worth it. It is all worth it. I'm glad to have Darth Maul back. But definitely, even rewatching these recently, I'm definitely just going to, like, yeah, like, just wave your hand. We just need to get Maul on robot legs because it's awesome. Yeah. Just it, it, don't think. It basically is. Like, Maul becomes a character again after this moment because of Mother Talzin. Yes. And I don't know if I want to use the word because of Mother Talzin's sacrifice, but because of her effort and her energy... <laughs> Yeah, because they do. Maul is back in the fray because of her. Because they don't put a strong period that, like, oh, I've drained all my life force. That's all I can do for you. I will fade to the background. It's more of a, like, now you two go. Yes. Uh, I'm Mommy's tired. She's yes. going to go take a nap. You kids go. <laughs> yes. And for a long time, this is the last we see of Mother Talzin. Correct. But she does pop up in one more Clone Wars episode. And this is an interesting one because this is from season six, the lost episodes, mm -hmm. the episodes that they didn't expect to be able to make and then were able to come back. And so The Disappeared is a two part episode that primarily focuses on Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks. So a really um, a pairing say, that you just think in your head and going like, why haven't we done that before? Well, it's so obvious it, that these two should be together. It is kind of obvious when you watch it because they are great together. They are really funny. But having said that, as good as these episodes are, these are just characters we don't see a lot. So it's great right. to have episodes that focus on them. Number one, right? Uh, number two, it gives us more Mother Talzin. So anyway, the idea of these episodes is that Mace and Jar Jar have been called to Bardota. A planet that basically has, you know, their royal f members, their royal mm -hmm. people on their planet have been disappearing. And they're worried that uh, the Frangal cult is behind it. Okay, so there's this group of cults, the cultish 
people on this planet, this ancient civilization who prophesizes that, you know, bad things will happen, all this stuff. And now all of a sudden people are disappearing. Well, Mace and Jar Jar track them down to this evil part of the planet, like inside of a mountain, a mountain lair. And there's this whole like really cool, almost Aztecian temple where they're putting their prisoners into this uh, slide of death where they slide them down this temple mm-hmm. and they end up in this little lion's mouth that projects their force energy into a big orb that captures it. Um and allows them to literally capture the live drain and capture the living force out of a person, which is a great again a Halloween horror story. Concept. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 got more vibes of Indiana Jones in some ways because it's, oh, it's, it's just very it's very yeah has those Temple of Doom feels. It really is such a fun story. Um, there's this powder that makes people invisible and. Uh, just so much good that goes on in these episodes. Mm-hmm. But in the second episode, Mace has to track these uh, cultists to another planet, basically a moon off of this planet, Bardota. And it's there that he realizes they are part of this cult that is worshiping and trying to bring back, as they say, their mother. Yeah. Well, we get to learn later on that that mother they're referring to, they are trying to gather energy for Mother Towson. She basically infiltrated this cult group of people, convinced them that she was this god worth worshipping, and is getting them to do all the dirty work of collecting spiritual force energy, literally the living force, so she can absorb it and become a more solid... Become corporeal again. Yeah, exactly. Back into the living force. Wild. Yes. We get to see Mace fight her with a lightsaber... Yes, which is great. It, it, like I said, it's it's really it's really fun because again, it keeps keeps redoubling down on the idea that the Night Sisters have always meant since like I don't know the early '90s when we first wrote stuff with them, of just they are witches. Their stuff is sorcery. The Sith and the Jedi don't get them. You shouldn't be able to use the Force that way. But they still do, despite you not being able to use the Force that way. <laughs> There's this great yeah. kind of insult to the Jedi-Sith uh, paradigm of the way they see the Force. Because the witches are are totally alien tradition to theirs. Yes, Absolutely. They are this own outlier thing in Star Wars where they have their own sets of rules, right? We don't necessarily know what they believe in or who they are. You know, we know the Darksiders believe in power and using your power to assert dominance over others. We know the Jedi believe in defense and preservation of good, right? What do these Night Sisters believe in? Do they believe in... um, you know, serving the biggest boot, right? Do they believe in saying, well, Dooku's the biggest bad guy out there, so we've got to be nice to him? Or, you know, do they believe in, you know, obviously being off on their own really seems like what they want, but they're also not afraid to interject in galactic affairs. You know, what do these, what does this group of people want? What is their end goal? What are they after? And it's not really something we ever get to learn. It's wired into them to be terribly mysterious. That's kind of their thing. Um, and like I said, Mother Talzin's like ob- objectives are never really made clear. That's she true. definitely has a plan, some sort of plan, a plan. It's she's working, she's working through the steps to get to goal. <laughs> um, 
And I love that about it. I love that her machinations are like unknowable. Like yeah. we, we don't know exactly how all this stuff works just as the characters in the universe don't really understand how the night sisters do what they do or yeah. what their, what their plan is in the grand grand scheme of everything. It'll be interesting to see if we ever get more Night Sister content because, you know, as far as we know, Ventress is still out there and alive in the universe and doing things. So mm -hmm. we could learn more from her. Obviously, Fallen Order 2 has a chance to maybe teach us more about the Night Sisters or Dathomir or anything through its characters. So it is certainly a, a, a cult, uh, a segment of Star Wars that we could definitely learn more about as we go. And I hope that one day we do. But it's so great that we got to not only have a character essentially invented in Clone Wars with Mother Talzin, yeah. but have such a long-standing legacy, having her fingers in so much of the greater universe. Well, and the fun thing is, she's new. they're great to, even though they're quote-unquote dead by the time of the Galactic Civil War, they the, the genocide is fairly complete. Yeah. Uh, Mace Windu has already blocked one pathway to them coming back. Oh, yeah. Night Sister Baron doesn't have much interest in really like re getting the get band back together. <laughs> right, um, right, right. But there's so much history to them. They've been on that planet for centuries. So it's like, you know, is this a thing that you could see night sister lore being touched on in uh, high Republic? Because I mean, they're around and they're a great way to do some dark side fun times as far without, as we know mother Talzin could still be alive. Could be years earlier, you or know? at least that lady who brings the ones back from the dead. She might be She's she like a young chap. Yeah, you know, yeah, she looks like she could be over 200. I don't, I, I don't know. How long does a night sister live? See, we need more info. How are we supposed to find this out? But it's it's a unique um it's a unique character in Star Wars in the sense of it's such a beautiful like melting pot of all these different motifs and characterizations from to be blunt, witches and creepy people in <laughs> in like yeah. fiction. Mm -hmm. Um but holistically melds together into a fairly unique character. Yeah, I mean, there's some tropiness to her, but in general, this is what Clone Wars does so well. And this is why Clone Wars, I think, is such a warm spot in the heart for so many fans, for so many people who have taken the time to really fall into it. It expands Star Wars in a way that no other property can do, because no other property has... 20 to 25 minute episodes per season you know mm -hmm. this has literally so much time to spend time on these small stories like we get to see an entire episode that's just about a group of people trying to assassinate dooku and how great is that right right something we don't have time to watch in a movie like we don't even get to see palpatine get kidnapped in episodes three and that's a huge part of the movie. But no, like, no, we have time. It says it right in the opening crawl. He's being kidnapped. Now see, go. <laughs> in the Clone Wars, right, we have time for this stuff. And that's what makes characters like Talzin so interesting. Because not only are they a relatively new character, not only do they have lots of space for their story to be expanded, but when we get characters who we find out are part of other events that we didn't know about at the time, like this person is responsible for Darth Maul being an apprentice to Sidious and killing Gwygon, right? If it wasn't yeah. for Mother Talzin, those dominoes don't fall. And that is insanely interesting, and that's what makes this giant, interconnected, galactic-wide story so interesting, our characters like Mother Talzin. I agree. Yeah, anything else you want to say? 
I feel good. I love her outfit. We've already said it, but I think it's <laughs> worth saying again. It's very, very And good. I can't recall the name of her voice, the voice actress who portrayed her, but like brilliant performance. Just that affected accent that's not, that's vaguely Eastern European, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't normally talk about actors on the show because we, we like to focus on the in-universe in universe as it is. Uh, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. I, you know, I, I can't say enough good stuff about the voice acting of some of these unique characters. Great stuff. All oh, right. I love it. All right. We're going to wrap up right after this. Another episode comes to roost here at home. As we said at the top of the show, uh, this is sort of our last episode of May. If you look at the calendar and you're listening to this as it's released, yeah, yeah, I know, it's not May. But uh, with all the kerfuffles we had last week, yeah. uh, we couldn't get this out. But we wanted to give you one more of these, like, yeah. kind of like very informal, yeah. open-ended kind of episodes. I hope you're liking them. Yeah, we'll see. Um People do seem to like them. If our uh, if our listenership has anything to you know uh, indicate about that, um, and who knows, you know, maybe over uh, the course of the next couple months, uh, the the podcast will change and shift a little bit, where it will be a little bit um, more single topic focused or just two topic focused, like it's been. You know, uh, yeah. let us know if you have any thoughts or opinions on it. If if you've liked these last couple episodes more than the standard episodes, let us know. Mm-hmm. If you've liked them less, tell us that too. That's fine. Um, we once again very very sorry for missing an episode last week, but yeah. we've got that episode out now. So uh, hope you enjoyed it, Mac. Anything new? Um, Star Wars. You know the ah. celebration panels, or I'm sorry, the celebration hotels. Have gone up yeah. and sold out. I have a hotel in Anaheim uh, for May. Mac Yay. has a hotel in Anaheim for May. He's ready to go. Uh, I am still trying to get a celebration ticket. And Celebration and Reed Pop are being very cagey about when tickets will go on sale. But they're totally telling you that they're probably maybe eventually going on sale, yeah. we think. Yeah, and our ticket ex- And our ticket exchange, which exists yeah. for that, might include yeah. Celebration. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. It's really, really odd saying more information will be available closer to the event. When hotels are already sold out and planes are good, like, like tickets should have been first. Like, I don't know. My, my only opinion well, is they should have just refunded my, every single ticket from 2020 and resold this like a new event. Like it is two years later. Well, that would really work out for you. But as someone who already bought their ticket, I'm very happy. I didn't have to scramble <laughs> to get tickets. It's well, grass is always greener, my friend. I mean, that's very true. All I'm saying is it's not like the event got I, pushed three months. It should just I be a whole new thing. I think the hotel thing is weird because yeah. they did the hotels and flights of VIPs right. and then ticket holders. Right. And then those blocks released to the general public. It's like, right. no, there should have been a third one for new ticket holders right. to buy their tickets and then get, admittedly, like third third flight. And, that, but, and that's totally fine, but like... 
it's just very odd to not even put a date on it or well, anything. The most bizarre thing is, like, we're pretty confident we're going to get you a ticket one way or the other, yes. mostly because there's the ticket exchange. Right. And we know, you know, people are not going to be able to make it, right. like, because of all the changes, right? right? The weird thing about it is, like, you got to think that they are scrambling to figure out how many tickets they have left to sell from all the cancellations and refunds that happened in the first round. Because you could just say, you know what? I'm not going to keep my ticket. Just refund me. I just, right. I need the money. Right. Um, so like they had to free up tickets there and it's like, are they just going to dump it onto their exchange and there isn't going to be a formal resell of the tickets? And if so, why hasn't that happened yet? Like, well, two days mm. from now, two days after we're recording this or three days is the official last day to request a refund. Okay. And so, so at hoping, that point, they'll know how many. So like next week. I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I'll be shocked if we don't get this all sorted out in the next, like, four weeks. Yeah, like, because just... once I have a ticket, then it's just an Airbnb, which we already are pretty sure we have that locked down. Right. I've got the time off from work already. Right. So there's very little to actually stand in my way other than the ticket. Right. So once we get the ticket, we'll be good. Um, and then I just have to try and make a tattoo appointment. For the cell, for the uh, tattoo pavilion. So we'll see. May the force be with you on that. I, um, I, I that's, I'm going to try. You're not I think that's join crazy me? and awesome. You're not going to get a sway tattoo? There was one time we talked about it, and I was like, well, my thing with tattoos is tattoos are awesome, and I think people who wear them are great. There is nothing in this world, even Star Wars. Maybe before Rogue One I could have said this, but like, even Star Wars where I go, yeah, no, when I'm 80, I'm going to look at that part of my body and say, like, super good decision. Glad I did it. <laughs> I love that thing so permanently. I'm glad it's permanently affixed to me. So you want to get like a big Optimus Prime on your chest? Because you're never not going to love Transformers, well, maybe right? Entire, like, well, we also have to say, <laughs> I, I'm a person who who is lost tons of weight in the last, like, 10 years. Like, sure. I'm literally half the person I, I used to be. So, with all that body changes, it's another good thing. Because, like, sure. had I got a tattoo in college, there's not a single part of my body where that would look right anymore. <laughs> right? Because yeah. maybe my calves, but, like, that's about for it. For sure, for sure. Um, So, that's the other thing that makes me all... Gun shy around around tattoos is I'm just like no there's still some parts of me that need um work so since they're since the canvas isn't permanently set I'm not ready to put paint or sure, ink on it sure uh but I think it's awesome and what a cool story to say like I got this at Celebration 2022 like that is certainly the plan that is certainly the plan I'm and they hoping, do a real bang up job there uh yeah yeah I mean they only let the best of the best in and. Uh, I'm hoping I am not saying, uh, what I'm getting until after it happens, uh, if it happens, but once I do, I will be, uh, more than happy to share it with, uh, with all of you fine people out there listening. Start your betting pools if it's Porg related right now. I mean, there's a good chance it could be Porg related. I'm just saying. There's like a really good chance. It's good odds. Yeah. It's not one in one though. So like. It's possible. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's quite possible. Um, so let's see what else is going on in the world. Uh, very excited. I'm going to probably go get the new Lego set, the Mandalorian fighter set. Did you see that? You know what? The, the Mandalorian fighter set. Is it fighter or freighter? I can't remember what they call it, but it's the, it's the one that has uh Bo-Katan in it. Yeah. You know what? I don't know if I've seen it. I'm going to oh, have to go look at it. I've been very distracted by that daily bugle set. Oh, that thing's ridiculous. Thing I have nowhere ridiculous. No, it's anywhere huge. to put it. It's humongous, um, but it looks so but cool. Very cool. And yeah. they're, they are already talking about the fact that there's 
Um, there's Lego Con is going to be happening mm-hmm. in the not so distant future, a virtual convention, yeah. which may or may not turn into a live convention. I don't know what their long term yeah. plans are in there, but they already said there's some Star Wars sets they're going to announce there. So that reminds me, did you see the uh, Darth Vader meditation chamber Lego set? Oh, no, it's very cool. Looking. Oh, that continues. We've talked like that's that's like one of my favorite themes is like the yes. scenes, yeah, like the little scenes. Yes, 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 yes. And they're yes. also small. I can find homes for them. You can find homes for them. Yes. Um, it looks very cool. Uh, I'd really love to get and see in person some of the helmet setups they've been doing, you know, Mm -hmm. the, uh, Lego bus, uh, haven't seen any of those yet. Looking very much forward to seeing what Legos at Celebration are because they don't Mm -hmm. have any cool display. Mm -hmm. Um, boy, anything else? No new books I'm a little I'm a little bit behind but I've been so far very much enjoying the bad batch oh you know what I am also one episode behind our our lives have been real crazy lately we are not going to go into here but like there are very there are very sound reasons that we did not record last week yeah and the dust is mostly settled kind of mostly (laughs) I wait enough to fit in some Star Wars podcasting yes yes enough for us to get back to us this week uh, both of our mental states have been repaired enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been it's to a been spot a trip. where we're good. Yeah, um, but anyway, it's so great to be back together. Uh, our local, our local Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh Con is coming back. Oh, Steel uh, City by Con. the time we record our next episode, yes, yeah, Steel City Con will have happened um, for the first time in a year and a half, and I, it's they do it three times a year. I want to say every four months, uh, and I normally go every time. Uh, it's so, a great place to get that collector itch scratch. It is. And so to have not been there for a year and a half, let's just say I am raring to go on Friday. I am pumped. Again, there's definitely a trepidation of like, the world's opening up and it feels weird, but man, oh it feels gosh. really good too. I know. I went <laughs> to a grocery store for the first time yesterday without a mask on and it was very weird. Oh, you're brave. I still, I, 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 yeah, it I, it's funny. I still wear the mask and it's like, I'm vaxxed, but it's like, why do you wear the mask? It's still defense. <laughs> I know. I know. I've worn it in every other place I've gone in, but like for whatever reason, I was just like, I'm going to try it. It's 11 a.m. on a Monday. It can't oh, sure. be that busy. And, and for like five minutes, I hated it, but then I kind of got used to it. You're like, man, it almost feels like every other year of my life than the last one. <laughs> um, no, I think that's cool. I also think that uh, I'm going to uh, quote the Princess Bride here. Uh, masks are terribly comfortable, and I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. <laughs> um, so I uh, I don't know. It's going to be a weird world of masks and no masks in the future. But it I, is going to be weird. I, I basically, I'm going to keep wearing mine for a while, only because I just want to societally reinforce the fact of, just because we don't need to wear them doesn't mean people aren't allowed to wear them. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, I I assume that going forward, anytime I'm feeling ill or anything, I'll be wearing a mask out. Oh, yeah. And that's what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Hey, I mean, we're here, we're here, uh, get vaxxed if you haven't already. Um, it's good for you. Yeah, if, you um, if you have the ability to, and you can, please, please do. Yeah. Because the more of us that do that, the more this virus is in the rearview mirror for the rest of human history. And that would be great. Yes. And both of us clearly have our medical degrees and know all about this stuff. So clearly take our advice. 
No, but you know what? I work in technology, so I know how the microchip they inject you with works, <laughs> and it's a really great part of... I'm only kidding. It's not even funny to joke about, sadly. <laughs> I mean, it would be funny if people didn't believe it. But listen, your biochip bio doesn't matter unless Order 66 is called, okay? Other than that, you just you go on with life just as normal. You won't even notice. <laughs> oh, and if you're a real. unique clone, there's like a 50-50 chance it barely works anyway. <laughs> I mean, have you seen Clone Force 99? Like, it worked on one of them, sort of. Sort of. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I'm hoping that uh, one day I can be part robot, whether it's with microchips or a cool robotic hand or what Sith I really or, want, just robotic teeth. Or Deathamere magic, where they could apparently give you your robot legs. Yes, exactly. Robot teeth. Yeah, I'm robot down for robot teeth. Robot teeth would be good. Some good, like, you just look like a T-800, just like. But it also like interfaces yeah. with your phone to increase your Bluetooth and Wi-Fi reception. I'm all sure, for it. Sure, let's let's do it someday. One day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's. I think we've reached the limits of our ability yeah, to cognitive. Lot, there's not a lot going on in the world of Star Wars, is there? Well, I think there's just a lot, but we're just in we're in the tide, right? Yeah. Like like. There's there's a lot about Bad Batch I want to talk about, but unlike Mandalorian, it's kind of. When it's all done, I want to sit back and reflect on all these cool moments that have happened. Yeah. I'm not as like, like Mandalorian, I'm like, what do you think that meant? And where do you think that's going? Like, I kind of like the Bad Batch is more of like, no, this is a nice, I don't want to say leisurely, but this is a nice rolling forward story. And we're getting details as we go. Yeah. And it's collecting and building itself as yeah. it goes. And I love that. And until we get to sort of the natural stopping point of the end of the season, I don't really want to go digging into to what it means. Right. I completely understand that. And uh, when the season is all said and done, I know we will talk about it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that I think we're good. Let's do it. So in that case, I'm Mac. And I'm Ross. And until next Wednesday, let's be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2021.